Guys, it's so good to be sharing with y'all this morning. Glad to see your faces. Glad to see your smiles. Um, we are continuing in, in our series of uh, the big story of God as we're reading through Scripture uh, as a church and as a church family. And we find ourselves again this week wrapped up in another prophet, wrapped up in another uh, priest prophet in the Old Testament who di did and continued to do what prophets and priests did throughout the Old Testament. There was always this, what do we do? What should we do? What have we done? How do we make it better? And there are these people that just keep coming back, right? Children of Israel, the Jews, they keep coming back and asking. As we look at this specific passage today, the one thing I want us to clue into our minds as we walk uh, through the text briefly is ask yourself this question. This one question is, did Jesus ever deal with this? Like, I just want you to kind of think of that. Did Jesus ever really deal with, with, uh, with, with this kind of stuff too? Because as we get to the end, we're going to answer that question. Um, and if I forget it, just throw a shoe at me. <laughs> I say, I hope, your, I hope your aim is louder than your voice. You say a little like you don't want me to know who said that. I'm still agile. I'm just a bigger target. Okay. <laughs> so... Let's, let's dig in, dive into the text this morning, okay? We're in Zechariah chapter 7. Um, again, if you're reading along, this is kind of where we're, we're kind of going through that this week. So let's read together chapter 7, verses 4 through 14. This is what the Lord, word of the Lord says. Then the word of the Lord Almighty came to me, ask all the people of the land and, and, and the priest... When you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months in the past seven years, was it really for me that you fasted? When you were eating and drinking, were you not feasting for yourselves? Are these not the words the Lord proclaimed through the earlier prophets when Jerusalem and its surrounding towns were at rest and prosperous in the Negev and the western foothills were settled? And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless or foreigner in the, or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. But they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and covered their ears. They made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen to the law or to the words that the Almighty had sent them by the Spirit through earlier prophets. So the Lord Almighty was very angry. And when I called, they did not listen. So when they called... I would not listen, says the Lord Almighty. I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations where they were strangers. The land they, they, the land they left behind them was also desolate, that no one traveled through it. And this is, how, this is how they made the pleasant land desolate. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Lord, as we continue to open, as we continue to discover, Father, speak directly to our hearts this morning. And Teach us the true meaning, God, of your word. And Jesus, what, would you teach us as well what you came to this earth to do? Holy Spirit, we need your presence to move in our fellowship this morning, to pierce the hearts and call out the things that we need to repent of and call us into a new life and a continued walk with you. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. 
You know, this thought of, of these men coming to the prophet Zechariah and, and their hearts were, hey, we've been off and we keep doing these, these rituals. We keep doing these things. Should we continue to do that if we finally satisfied what God has asked us to do? And Zechariah's response isn't like, well, I mean, obviously, yes, you should, or well, no, you should stop that. But he's going to the heart of the matter. I want to teach you a little phrase that we can continue to apply into our life and apply in the rest of this sermon today is the heart of the matter is the heart. So the heart of the matter is the Right, it is. Whatever the heart of the matter is, it's always going to go back to what is our heart and what were our intentions. And, you know, we all, did anybody wake up this morning? I feel like there's probably one person here, maybe two, probably around the age of 11 to 13-year-old boy. Did you wake up this morning and ignore a mirror before you came to Crossroads? Does anybody want to admit that? That I just woke up and I'm looking up in the balcony. I know, that, I know where they are. <laughs> and just was like, I'm perfect the way God created me. <laughs> and everyone will accept me. And why are people running away from me now? <laughs> or looking at me like this. <laughs> you know, every morning we wake up. And we wake up with this idea of, I'm going to take care of a few things. And then I'm going to get in front of the mirror. And if you're in my household... In our bathroom, there's like mirrors everywhere. Not for me. I said it was in our bathroom. But I mean, we've got the short mirrors, the close mirrors, and the real four to, you know, length mirrors, because you, you got to get it right. And so, <clears throat> and then walk out and go, do these shoes look good with this? I'm like, you spent 40 minutes in there looking at yourself. Yeah, does my opinion really matter? But we use these mirrors. Oh, I'm glad she's not here right now. We use these mirrors <laughs> to, to reflect on us who, what we want to present or what we think, right? We, we use these devices, and to, a mirror to reflect, to see. This, in some sense, it's a looking back. Like, I've done all this. Now I need to truly see what the presentation is. Speaking to a younger generation, it would be like a selfie, right? The selfie, the selfie thing. that We have a selfie stick. We have selfie stations. We have all these things where you can take our phone devices. I mean, they'll fly 360 around you and take, like, you want to see all that. <laughs> if the front wasn't good enough, let me see the back, you know. just We have all these reflections of what we're wanting to present and what we're wanting to do. And that's essentially what these two men are coming and asking. All this stuff we've done in the past, all this stuff that we're doing now, would you just, would you just approve it? Would you tell me I look good? And he's going to the heart of the matter. He's saying, well, listen, it's really not about what you're thinking. Because again, let's, let's look in, in verses, starting in verse uh, 5. When you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seven months, for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? This is what God is asking this nation. You've been doing all of this, but did you really do it for me? And then he goes on, and when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? Again, the heart of the matter is always going to be the heart. And when we take our, our, our mirrored reflection and we take our selfie picture that we're wanting to see, the real question is, stop looking at really this, and we need to be looking at this. It truly is the matter of our heart when it comes to our relationship with the Father. And what are we doing with our heart's intentions? What are we doing inside of ourselves? Because it is a reflection. 
And so not necessarily, I mean, if you were to hold a mirror or a, 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 pick, a phone device and look at your heart, what would we truly see about ourselves? What would we see about what we worship? What would we see about what we practice? What would we see about what we truly say and what we do think and how we respond? And that's, it's like, maybe that feels okay, but I bet that's for some of us is a scary thought. I could ask the question now, how many of you can think of one thing that you, you've regretted in the past however many years you've been alive? And I mean, I would say in, a, in an instant, we would have more than just one thing. Because we're probably really good at looking backward at the things that we would call bad or bad experiences. But again, when we look at, oh, that was a bad decision. But when we truly look at it and we look at our heart in that decision, what does it tell us about our true motives? And that's exactly what the Lord, that's what God is getting across to his people in this text. It's like, you're doing some great things. You think you are. You're doing the habit. But what is your heart? The servant Jeremiah wrote this in chapter 17 of his, of his <clears throat> word. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. So in our reflection in our own lives, can we look back and can we look at our heart and say, what is truly motive for me in this? We have to reflect on the past. Yes, God will call us into a new life and into a new creation, but we do have this past and we will continue these decisions and we will continue to go forward with our hearts. So as people, as we follow him, and when we have these questions, let's reflect to the past as not dwelling on it, but let's reflect to our heart and our intentions and our past in that. So God's, <clears throat> he wants us to reflect on our past. And what does he also want us to do? He wants us to respond to his heart. And the heart of the matter is what? The heart. Say it again. The heart of the matter is the Verses 8 through 10. And we begin to see the heart truly. And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. He is truly getting to what the matter is here at the heart. And before these messengers could even begin to ask a deeper question, God is our them. Before they get an opportunity to go, I mean, but, but we did this and this was what we, it's like, no, 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 but see, you're wicked. I mean, you may be doing these things, but what are you doing in the other times when you're not trying to sacrifice, when you're try, not trying to look good? It's always interesting to me to see these prophets and what they go at times the same group of people through generations and generations. And it's like they get a new leader and they try to get justification for bad decisions. But the word of the Lord never changes. It never changes. These prophets said the same thing time and time and time again. Different voice, a little different culture, but it's still the same thing. We have that re reward. We have that reward of consistency in Scripture throughout. Whatever God said, he continues to say it. We're the knuckleheads who don't listen the first time or the 57th time or even when we have Jesus solely in our presence we go really 
wouldn't it be okay if I just did this? And he's like, no, it's not. And so we continue to listen to the word. We already have the answer. We already have the answer. Micah 6, 8, one of my favorite passages. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Same words. Said a little different way. Because what, what do prophets always think? Well, you didn't listen to that guy, so let me try to say it a different way. Pastors do that. We, we know what the word says, and then we go, well, we've heard this before. Let me try saying it this way. We do that also as parents. It's called reverse psychology with our kids. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Go do that. What? No, I can't do that. What? Like, we try to say it a little differently to get them to understand. Same message time and time and time again. Our heart, that's a symbol of compassion and justice. Not only can our heart display what is wicked, but it also can be the thing that displays compassion and justice, what God has called us in to do, what he's commanded us to do. So again, what if, that's the thing. We hear the problem, but we choose to ignore it. We hear what the issue is. We choose to ignore what the solution is. Well, I really want to do this habit. I really want to do this one thing. I want to just continue doing this because I'm really doing this for God. It's like, but that's not what I required. So we have to be careful as believers, as careful of those children that are called by God to be ambassadors of him, to make sure that our heart is truly into the word and truly into the truth. When we look back at, at our, the servant Job and we look at his friends, there's a difference in good and godly. And there are times when we intend to do good and we really want to be in line with God, but our, our, our actions and our, our motivation of our heart is not godly. And so we have to be cautious of that as we follow him. And then lastly, we should be restored with repentance. What if we could see our transgressions in real time? We can look back and see the mistakes, but what, what is it when we're, when we're right in the middle of a sin, a transgression against God, and we see it in real time and we catch it? Anybody ever done that? Most of the time we're just like, oops, I said a bad word. <laughs> it's in the Bible, though. I can say it. <laughs> Not all of them. Or we say, or we do something, and then people are like, hey, that, that kind of was offensive. I wish you wouldn't have said that. And Well, that's just who I am, so you have to accept me, because God accepts me the way I am. It's like, ah. I thought he made you alive, <laughs> gave you new life, gave you a new heart. So we have to be cautious of that, but we can see our transgressions in real time and catch them immediately. I think it would help turn us. It would help turn our heart. Let's look at this last section, starting in verse 11. And God says, but they refused to pay attention. Woo, that's a rough word, isn't it? Refused. This is God speaking. They refused to pay. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and covered their ears. They made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen to the law or to the, to the words that the Lord Almighty had sent by his spirit through the earlier prophets. So the Lord Almighty was very angry. Wow. This is God. When I called, they did not listen. So when they called, I would not listen, says the Lord Almighty. I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations where they were strangers 
The land they left behind them was so desolate that no one traveled through it. And this is how they made the pleasant land desolate. In this very small section, we see that what their offense was to God and how he responded to them. I mean, turned their backs and covered their ears is what God describes what his nation had done. All the, all the things that he had done for them, all the rescuing he had done, taking them out of captivity, giving them the lamb, all these things that he had done, and they, they still turned their backs on him. When they were begging for his mercy and begging for food and doing all the things, and there he was providing food out of nothing. Travel cities at night, all these things to comfort them. Everything he did to respond to them, and they still turned their backs and covered their ears. It's a picture of, of a person when you just go, I don't want to hear it, la, 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 la. They're just doing that, right? They're just like, I'm, I can't hear you. My fingers are my ears, and I'm making noises. I can't hear you. But again, it's not, it's not that it's the heart. God will speak to the heart. He will get to you. He will get inside you and shake you. And when we have that heart of repentance, we get to restoration. What these people truly needed in their life more than anything was a bridge. Because they just were not getting over it. Church family today, that bridge still exists. His name is Jesus. He still exists. And this bridge that he created was his arm stretched out on a cross for us to say, hey, I know you can't do this. I know you're going to continue. But I'm going to give you a new life. I'm going to change you from the inside out. You, your heart will become like mine. Your eyes will see like mine. Your words will begin to speak like mine. You will say things and do things that's what he's calling us into. That's what he was calling these people out of, and they refused. So they continued to walk in desolation, in isolation, in frustration, because their heart never changed. I asked the question earlier, did Jesus deal with any of this stuff? How many times in the Gospels were people approaching him? Hey, I've been doing this thing, and man, I'm pretty good. Rich young ruler, ring a bell? I've kept all the commands. I'm awesome. Look at me. In the words of Ron Burgundy, <laughs> kind of a big deal. And Jesus just goes, I can't believe I just brought Ron Burgundy up in a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> the half that are laughing, feel my shame. The ones that aren't, don't, don't Google him. Anyway, <clears throat> but he speaks again to the heart. Like, what you're doing is for everyone else to see, but, but really it's a wickedness inside of you and this thing that you're trying to achieve, but you can't. And it's a sad statement in Scripture, but it's also a confident saying in Scripture because it says after Jesus presented these things to him, he walked away sad because he had much. Jesus never turned his back on anyone that was willing to approach him. So church family, hear this. He will never turn his back on you. But he also will never turn his back to righteousness and what he's called us to do. He'd never lower the bar. You know, Brandon, I really like you. You're a great guy. Yes, you've kept wonderful commandments. Good job. I'll drop the bar for you because you're such a like. No. He held the same standard for all. And so today, 
As we look back, and remember, the heart of the matter is the... What is your heart today? As we begin to posture ourselves in a moment of response, and listen, church family, I want to call us to a response. What is your heart? Right now, what is, what is God saying to you? You don't have to worry about taking a selfie of your heart. You can ask the Father. God, what, what, is, my, what is my heart right now in this? God, what, what, what am I doing? Are my words pleasing to you? Are my actions pleasing to you? Am I living a life that displays your love, your grace, your mercy? Am I living out Micah 6, 8? Am I acting justly? Do I love mercy? Do I walk humbly with you? And, and this is this time when we get to have this reflection for ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with it. Self-reflection is a good thing, but listen, once you've reflected, make sure your eyes are on Him. Because if you reflect and you put your eyes on something else, you're still, your heart is wicked. You're not learning to be more like Him. And again, if you're sitting here today and you say, man, I, I just don't have salvation. I don't have that assurance that when I die, I pass into eternity with Jesus. I, I get to meet the one who gave his life for me. You're sitting here lost today. Let's meet Jesus. Let's meet him face to face. And let's let him Look at our heart and our lostness and say, well, I can't talk about your heart because your heart is dead. But I'm going to give you eternal life. I'm going to give you my heart and watch the life that you get from taking this life that I'm giving to you. And you won't be perfect and you're still going to mess up and you're still going to have these habits and things that you do because you think you're doing them for me, but I'm going to change you. Just keep following me. Just keep following me. So today, we need to reflect on our heart. Are, my, are our motives and actions truly godly? And if we say, man, our heart is wicked, our heart is dead, we do not have salvation, please come meet Jesus and experience true eternal life. Life like you've never experienced before. Church family, let's stand together. Let's pray. And then let's lift our hearts in worship. In response, let's move if we need to, and let's continue to, to see God do great things. Father, we love you. And Lord, we pray today that you would meet us in this space right now, Father, that you would cause us to look inside of our lives, inside of ourselves, to see the words that your prophet Zechariah wrote in response, God, to the words you were speaking through. And Father, I pray that as our hearts, as we turn our hearts to you, God, that you would never turn yourself against us. As your people, God, we need you. Father, we repent of our wickedness. We repent of our sin. And God, we turn our eyes to you. And Lord, we, de we declare that your way is the right way. God, forgive us. Restore us. Put us right back into right standing with you. We need you now more than ever, Jesus. I pray that you cause us to move. I pray you cause us to pray. God, that in this room would be a person who doesn't know you as their Savior. God, you would call them to move, to come and meet Jesus. We need you more now than ever. We love you. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen.